Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you by Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald. Creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Kingsley rolls to the boys, back to Kingsley. Carlson towards no, the lovely no, effort. No, 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 Kingsley magic! Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel in the Maroon Corner. We have. Mark Donaldson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch us wreck the mic psych. That's all I got. That's all you That's got. All I I got. That's well, I just, all I just I threw this one on you. I am Laurie Dunsire in the, I'm not going to say the green corner, but. Um, yeah, what, what, the, corner, what corner do you want to be in? Uh, uh, the white corner, the away corner. Um, oh, white yeah. shirt, that one. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, let's get ready to podcast. Uh, Yes, welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel. Wow. Uh, so, wow. Sorry for the nonsense in the opening five or ten seconds. Uh, we are dedicated to Heart of Midlothian, um, who generally play, club or football club? generally play football, but mm. um, it, it all kicked off a little bit more at the weekend, which you're obviously aware of with the news. And there's very strange clips of um, the footage, which had some kind of, was it YouTuber or something? Wasn't that the weirdest thing? What was it? I've no idea what it was. It it was like some sort of Japanese or Chinese. um, It's just a woman talking. Talking about a a Spanish. Yeah, it was was the weirdest thing. Because apparently it was streamed live on their social media sites, Almeria's social media sites. Um, I, I, I don't know if that originated in Asia or if if that was part of it or, or it was just the weirdest thing but it's kind of it's taken off since then hasn't it yeah so in case anyone's listening and is like what i've not been checking what's what's been happening <laughs> so hearts have been in spain meaning the costa del sol on a, a little mid-season break uh the same location they've been to on other recent breaks um they played blackburn which we spoke about last time we we'll, won't touch on that result again uh but they're playing spanish side almeria at the weekend um they were trailing one nil to the side. Apparently there'd been a little bit of a little bit of needle about the game, a little bit of dig about the game for a friendly um, and then you know, I was at work, lots of people were at work middle of the, the day UK time and then suddenly we were getting, it was, well it was Sunday wasn't it, but I was actually working that day but people were doing their own thing you know, not a lot of people would have been watching a friendly despite apparently the fact there was a stream somewhere and then suddenly we get messages saying, oh there's been a red card. It's all kicked off. Craig Fowler was there covering it. We know that. Obviously, he made an appearance last week. And then there's talk of there's been a brawl. It's mm. like this punches thrown. Um, and then before we know it, we hear we hear that the game has been abandoned after it all kicked off uh, this match. And we have now seen some of the clips. Uh, there's a challenge from Alex Cochran. That challenge in itself doesn't seem much, but apparently there'd been an it had been brewing. Uh, the ill, the ill feeling, and right after it, the Almeria player grabs Cochrane and um, both benches spill on. Um, young Aaron Darge, yes, the, the young Hearts defender was involved in. Um, obviously, hasn't really been involved with the first team in a competitive sense, but he was right in there. That um, that left hook was going in. I mean, if you're in the <laughs> trenches, I tell you what. I mean, I, I've I've not seen much of him as a footballer, albeit Mister McGowan says he's been impressed with him when he's been training with the Hearts youngsters before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tell you what, if his footballing ability matches his um, instinct to protect his teammates, then we could have a star on our hands there. Yeah, and it, 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 I think you get immediate respect. 
um, from that. I was, I was reading today about the, the youngsters that were there. Um, McClucky's been there, Darge, from 16 through to kind of 19, 20-year-olds that haven't really been part of the first-team squad, but Robbie wanted them to be um, to see what they what they had, and and that gets you immediate respect from from your elders, from your teammates, from your squad members, and and you just you just want to stick up for for yourself. I, I commentated on Almeria uh, at Barcelona on the uh, they lost two nil. It was on the fifth of November, and that's why I was a bit surprised. There was only one yellow card for them in that game, and that was for Keke, the Brazilian defender. And then it was more about kind of the play three at the back, what's a five at the back all the time with three centre backs. They're all kind of solid, um, not overly mobile, but kind of strong. But there yeah. was there was nothing in that game. I mean, even Rodrigo Eli, who was involved in in the battle um, of whatever Hearts played that game, um, Malaga or whatever, uh, he, him against Lewandowski wasn't much of a battle either. It wasn't a kind of let's kick them, let's get under their skin or whatever. But it doesn't have to be. Anything can kind of just, just kick on. And, and throughout this podcast, we're going to look back at various games where it's it, it didn't appear to to be a, a, a kind of a niggly game or anything like that prior to the game starting, but it, it turned into one. The four red cards at Ibrox, there's, there's been brawls. We'll look into all that over the next hour or so. But for this yep. one, I mean, it's... It's just a bounce game. But then it's the fallout, and then you get stories, oh, well, could Alex Cochran miss a couple of games if the referee reports it? It's, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it can be a pain in the arse. Yeah, I can see why. I mean, Robbie Nielsen you know, said afterwards, he made the call that, you know, they returned the dressing room and they just ended the game there. It's it's a bounce game. It's a, it's a friendly. There's no points on the line. There's no progress in a cup on the line. There's no point if there's that level of ill feeling and aggro there's no point risking a stupid challenge going in and someone getting injured um so it kind of made sense uh, Lawrence Shanklin was in the the press I noticed he as he said the the initial incident Alex has just left a wee bit on the boy it happens in every game of football the big boy at the back has obviously reacted and that's what's caused our reaction but in all honesty it wasn't anything major I think it got out of control a wee bit uh, the manager just felt it was best to call it um, a day in case anything else silly happened after that. That was probably a sensible sensible decision, to be honest. We were just laughing when we got back to the dressing room with the initial incident with Alex. If that's where it stopped, then nothing would have been made of it. It was the boys' reaction to that by charging over and sort of pushing Alex by the throat. Uh, you can't really have that sort of thing happening to your teammates, so everyone rushes over to sort it out. It was done after that. These things tend to blow up. That's the inter- the internet these days. It's interesting the amount of people who want to watch it. For us, it was nothing major. Nobody was that bothered about it as soon as we got back to the resort. Uh, there was a couple of hard challenges. I It was quite a competitive game for a friendly to start with. Sometimes they can be like that. Um, but it's interesting you mentioned. So uh, I remembered this game, other game initially because you know some people like, you can't get suspended. It's a friendly. The problem is if it has been if it's still a recognised match, even if it's not competitive, because in Robbie Nielsen's first ever game as Hearts manager, so first spell, that is, mm-hmm. um, back in 2014, um, Scott Robinson uh, was sent off. So this is against Ludogorets of Bulgaria. Um, the evening news title was, despite the result, the evening would have been considered a success if not for the dismissal of Robinson, given his marching orders after picking up two yellow cards for rash challenges during an oddly ill-tempered cameo in the closing stages. Now, not only did he miss the first game of the season at Ibrox that season, he was given a three-match ban in the end for that. Um, and I picked this out of the Herald, which covered it and said, the 22-year-old was sent off in the second half of the Tynecastle size 2-0 defeat to Bulgarian champions Ludogorets Razgrad on July the 4th after picking up bookings for a heavy challenge and dissent. Um, earning a one-match suspension. Uh, but it also emerged that he is facing a further two-game ban thanks to his poor disciplinary record last term when he picked up 12 league bookings. Now, I need to check if that actually went through because that was the um, that was the coverage. But basically, yes, they can uh, suspend players. I think my big issue with that, Mark, is not so much that, but the challenge by Cochrane, if they actually give him the red card, it's not really anything, is it, at all? doesn't matter, does it? It's a red card that's been dished out. Because I mean, that's a blow. Is... If we lose Cochrane for yeah, um, of course. a game or of worse. Course it is. 
I, and to be honest, right now, we're recording this, what, Wednesday evening UK time, Wednesday afternoon here in Connecticut. There hasn't been anything. It's Thursday, but I'll let you off. Is it? Oh, jeez. Honestly. <laughs> Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening. We haven't heard anything from the SFA to indicate that there yeah. there, there will be. That that may come. I don't know if it's mailed or, or whatever. It, it, it's just frustrating. Um <sighs> That's that's the kind of gamble that you take when you have these. You, you can call them bounce games. The only the only way you kind of get away with this is if you have a closed door. Speak to your pal who's a referee. Bung him a hundred quid. Say, do us a favor. Take take charge of this game for us. Um, and it's it's usually for fitness purposes or or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's if, if you how, organize the once it's organized, match, yes. yeah. Once once you get an official referee, regardless of where you are in the world, if that had been in Scotland the likelihood is the suspension would have to be served. They're just hopeful. I mean, the, the other thing is as well, that Almeria-Barca game I was telling you about, the Barca won by two goals to nil. Almeria's a decent side. And Almeria, success for them would be finishing above goal difference or one point above the team that finishes 18th in yeah. La Liga and, and securing their, their top flight status. They're 14th right now. And, uh, I mean... If I remember rightly, they came up last season. Um, you know, again, this, this, I'll tell you anyway. They came up last season on the final day um, from Segunda, and the problem was that uh, I think it was Abar who were leading for all the time um, just needed to avoid defeat at the bottom side. I think they were Alcorcon. And they, they lost in the last minute. And Almeria were third prior to that goal. They were drawing two all at Leganes. And they went and won the league as a result of that. So that got them up. So they're a decent enough side. They should be okay to maybe survive in, in the top flight. But they don't want any of their players um, suspended as well. So I, I, I don't know. I think, I think it'll just go away. Hopefully it's swept under the carpet. That'll work for everyone. I think Cochrane will be fine. I think they're guys. Depends on the referee, though. Because I think the the Ludogorets one came after the referee um, filed his report on everything. So it depends, I suppose, if the referee wants to just actually go that far or not. But we'll we'll find out. I guess there's no rush because at the moment there's no game this weekend. So they can do it in the next. No, no. And and the the bigger picture is this gives us an opportunity to look back at a few packers from years gone by. Yeah, so we're not going to speak about this incident any longer, um, but we will talk about other incidents um, in this week's episode of Scarves Around the Funnel. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. So, yeah, let's let's get stuck in, because um, we put it out on social media a few days ago, we were asking for um, some memories from the times that it all kicked off at a Hearts game. That's on the field or maybe escalating to the tunnel or the like. So, you know, team player management related as opposed to things that might happen outside the stadium or whatnot. Um, so, yeah, your your melees and skirmishes, brawls, scraps, scuffles. Um, I was also trying to find out if rumpuses is the plural of rumpus. Um, which... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm intrigued now. Is it rumpi or rumpuses? Well, you know, it's one of those where it it does come up as plural rumpuses. However, it just doesn't sound right. Um, I, 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 yeah, you want to say rumpi or something? You don't want to say. So in the end, I just didn't use that word. I'll, I'll use the word rumpus, but rumpuses just doesn't sound right, does it? Uh, just because we never we never use it. You yeah. only, it it's a rumpus. I mean, how do you get more than one rumpus? Well, if you talk about how, how many rumpuses were there this season at, at Tynecastle? Let me think. Let me look back at the rumpus report. Um, anyway, God, one of those weeks. Let's 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 get stuck in. So we've asked you for your um, for your. It's not really suggestions. It's your your kind of memories, your flashbacks of these things. So let's start with Catch Twenty Two, who messaged us and says, Miko. Sending Andy Davis to Ball Green, still one of my angriest times in a stadium, and makes my blood boil every time I think about it. Uh, blatant cheating, never a pen for that. Uh, something Kiriakos 
Andy Davis deserved a little more than a bodying that day. 17 years later, I'm still raging. This is catch 22. Uh, let's quickly, I'll quickly play a clip from that game. Very clear instructions. Now let's see. It is a penalty kick to Rangers. What a decision that is from the lines. Paul Hartley could be in trouble because remember, he has been yellow carded. They're crowding round the linesman. Mikhail Yunus is out of order also. He's red carded. He's lost the place completely, the youngster. Yeah, just charging into the uh, official there, and he's still he's in going big up. trouble. He's, he's in serious trouble, here. this young man. After a great performance for long spells in the game, the 20-year-old Lithuanian has lost the plot. What a controversial decision that is. Well, what a penalty this is. There's going to be scarcely enough time. Look at this. Oh, that's disgraceful. That's quite disgraceful. Yeah, Hugh Dallas right on top of that one. Young player, just spoiled a fantastic evening. He's had a great game. Well, this is such a crucial moment, perhaps in the entire SPL season. I must confess, I thought it was a foul on, on uh, Kyriakos. Yeah, they went with him. But I, I'm looking at the position of Hugh Dallas when that ball goes in. He's looking at the play. You can see everything that's happening, unless somebody got in front of him. I think his angle was wrong. Fernando Rickson has the crucial task here. This could win the game for Rangers. It's Rickson against Gordon. It's a terrific penalty kick by Fernando Rickson. Quite magnificent in the circumstances. His composure was terrific. The accuracy of the kick was outstanding. And Rangers look to have won this match in the most dramatic circumstances. So yeah, it's a game that most of us will remember quite well. I was actually in a pub watching this and there was a lot of Rangers fans and it got very heated um, in the pub as well after all this. Because so a cross comes in, it's 1-1 in the game, it's late on, as a cross comes in, um, Lee Miller's trying to defend at this point, Hearts are looking to hold on for a, a draw against Rangers. Um, Perso, uh is in the uh, is in the box, but no, sorry, he pushes Gordon. It's Kiriakos who's making the challenge. Um, starts waving his hands about after the cross comes to nothing, suggesting he was fouled. Certainly didn't look that way, and replays have shown that certainly wasn't a foul. Um, but he's obviously very convincing uh, because Andy Davis, the linesman, waves his flag for something. So Hugh Dallas wants to go and speak to him. Uh, whilst that happens, Craig Gordon's picked the ball up. Dado Perso, the Croatian international striker, loses a plot, shoves. Craig Gordon over um, so he gets sent off to great cheers from the Hearts uh, fans but uh, yeah, it's worse is to come though um, Hugh Dallas chats with Andy Davis and for whatever reason Andy Davis decides he's seen a foul and Hugh Dallas points to the spot uh, Paul Hartley isn't too happy but he restrains himself a little bit I think he's given some abuse to Andy Davis uh, young Saul Mikkel Yunus uh, cannot quite managed to show such restraint and basically runs up and square goes Andy Davis for want of a better term <laughs> and is immediately sent off and I think he ends up getting a five game ban for this doesn't he? It was maybe supposed to be eight and it was reduced to five but it's a, a very unsavoury moment. Rickson scores the injury time penalty to win the game for Rangers and it's just a real mess this one, isn't it, Mark? But you can see why Saul Michael Yunus and the other Hearts players are so raging, because it's a, an absolute nonsense decision. That is when Tyne Castle becomes a coliseum, and there's just rage emanating and, and, and just vitriol emanating from the stands towards the baddies, um, the heels, on the pitch, whether it was Rangers, whether it was it was the referee, whether it was the assistant, but it's it, it's also what makes Tynecastle one of, if not the stadium that away fans usually say when asked for the best away ground to visit. Tynecastle, I remember that the atmosphere that day, it's kind of similar to to the the, the when Celtic won three two and Visas was wrongly sent off. Yeah, just just a, a proper. Uh, it was a proper bun fight, and it was just there was hatred and anger and people's faces. You see the close ups when you see the old Section N family, the old family enclosure. It wasn't a family enclosure that night, just spewing with kind of hatred and 
and no wonder it, it was it was horrible. Um, but there is there are there are very few stadia in Scotland. I don't know if there is one that can generate that type of atmosphere when the home side is feels like they're they're hard done by. But there's no excuse for Miko's behaviour. There's not. Although uh, yeah, it's one of those where you know we don't like to we don't like to get too critical in certain ways of officials. But you know we see the replay. Lee Miller doesn't really really challenge at all. There is no challenge. It's not like you're arguing whether there's the challenge. It doesn't matter. Though. I mean, you can't do that to. to no, you can't. But you can understand why because and he's Andy Davis's angle is terrible for trying to see if there was a proper challenge between it. Two. Anyway, that was a that was a it was a good rumpus though. Um, oh, it was, oh, it was, oh, still, I can understand we're still raging, but um, yeah, it was a. It was a, it was a shocking. De- it was a shocking decision, and it was a proper rumpus. And Indeed. that kicks that kicks us off. There's, we've got a few, haven't we? We do. Uh, here's one that I, I had a quick scan. I didn't see a clip of this one. This is from Cheesen, who says Scottish Cup ninety three ninety four. Uh, Park this on Hearts won just before half t- time. JC is sent off for punching Chick Charnley. Mo Johnson then scores for Hearts. I remember there was a game where Mo Johnson won the game. 1-0, followed by an altercation heading into that funny wee pavilion dressing room place. <laughs> Jerry Collins at the heart of it, if I remember. He was, correct. honestly, he, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if there were fights at his Christmas dinner in his house. Um, <laughs> re- him and the turkey. Yeah, re- really nice guy. He actually gave me one of the best lessons I'd learned um, as a journalist when I was really starting out and really young. He was assistant to John Lambie at Falkirk and I went to interview him. I would normally interview John, but this time it was it was Jerry Collins and they basically needed a miracle. There was three games left. They were all but down, but still they were hanging on, but mathematically they hadn't been relegated yet. So I went in with not tackety boots, basically questioning, saying, well, next season when you're in the first division and he um he said, Turn that fucking thing off you. <laughs> I was like 20 years old and I was shitting myself I, was like, so I switched it off straight away so, what is it? how the fuck I was like, Uh-oh. can I and my manager John Lambie and the gaffer go in to the changing room on Saturday prior to the game if they've been listening to your radio station listen to the pish that you come out with talking about <laughs> us playing next season in the first division when we've got to say to them keep going lads come on you can you can still do that Fucking think about your questions, son. I was like, oh, okay. And then it was just absolute, it was absolute fluff after that. About what, what are you what are you going to tell your players this weekend? But do you know what? It, it's it's a lesson. What are you going to do in the Premier next season when you don't oh, get relegated? Yeah, like, <laughs> honestly, I'll never forget that. And and that was that wasn't verbatim. That was pretty close to to what was said. But it was a hell of a lesson. And it was like, okay, just think a little bit more, a little bit better about. About the questions, and we 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 spoke many times after that, and and he was a he was a proper old school um, Ouija, just nice guy away from from football, but passionate as hell, and you'd want him in the trenches alongside you, and and it's no surprise that that Jerry Collins would have been <laughs> would have been involved in in something like that, because. I mean, I don't know. In football, there's probably two types. There's there's one that would get there's there's your your darges of hearts who's like I don't care what age I am or even if I've never played for the first team or whatever, I'm just going to get stuck in. There's your hard boys, and there's there's those that are like I'll let you go first, and I'll see if there's anything to be done or can I do anything <laughs> after that. Jerry Collins was a hard I'll, boy. Um, I'll hold your jacket. Yes, um, he, he swing a punch. I was there as a fan. It's not something that I, I've got more memories about Fur Hill. I, I, I never actually sat in the main stand at Fur Hill because you had the old terrace in there. I remember a game got abandoned. I think they kicked off the second half and then abandoned it because they that was that was the rule back then. I don't know if it still is that they didn't have to pay anybody uh, any money back because the the second half had started. But that one. I probably, I mean, I was there, but it's not something that that's at the forefront of my mind. Let's have a look at what else we've got. So uh, Stevie Morris, friend of the show, um, said Michael O'Neill being sent off against Hearts and kicking the fire extinguisher in the tunnel. (laughs) 
My son's pal was on a tour of Tincastle a couple of days later and he said someone placed a band-aid on the fire extinguisher. <laughs> now this was, uh, I, I, I don't remember this from the time either. So this is Michael O'Neill, who, um, future Northern Ireland manager and very successful Northern Ireland manager. And he's just taken over as Northern Ireland manager yeah, again. Again, yeah. Um, this is when he played for Hibs. So November 1995, it's Hearts 2, Hibs 1. Um, a game that John Robo scored his 23rd goal against the Hybees, incidentally. Um, so it's 2-1 late on and uh, he can't, I think he's, he's flagged offside or he can't keep the ball in play and he's got it and he angrily sort of throws it back to Rousset. Not like it's going to do anything, but um, it's deemed enough that it's it's going to be a yellow card. It's descent, you know, he's chucking the ball away. So he's booked. And this is about the 91st minute. And like 60 seconds later, he's just obviously getting a bit annoyed and Hibbs lose possession and Alan Johnston picks it up and he just barges into him. It's not even that bad a tackle, but I think you can see he's just getting a bit, a bit frustrated and uh, referee gives him a second yellow. Uh, so a couple of yellows in the space of less than two minutes and he gets sent off. And the good thing is this was live on Sky. So um, well, well, let me just play a clip just now, actually. Johnston bars the other way, O'Neill, O'Neill's going off, Michael O'Neill is going off for a second booking, he really has just lost the place in the last 10 minutes, well, what an ending for Michael O'Neill, I think he's a bit unfortunate here in that survival, to me it, it looks a typical forwards challenge, okay, he's just been booked a minute or two ago there, rightly, and I, but I think he's really been harshly dealt with in this occasion, I don't think he knew what was happening, that won't have done him any good either. So there's the clip there, and the good thing is, if you want to go and watch this, you can get it on YouTube, and you can actually watch it. You see him, the camera follows him, and he boots the fire extinguisher in the tunnel at Tyne Castle just before he goes to the dressing room. And it's almost like a, there's some great delight, isn't it, when you're winning a match, and especially if it's a derby or a big game like that, and there's also a red card, because it almost feels like it's... <laughs> that's kind of settling the game and you also get to really get up one particular player who yeah. has to trudge off uh, to all the jeers and the slaggings and the songs from the other fans as his team are losing and he's going down the tunnel, he's suspended he's probably getting a fine um, yeah, it's just a marvellous thing to behold when it happens <laughs> <laughs> in your favour as a fan it's, The only thing that's better is when it's a died in the wool Hibs fan who then plays for them and gets sent off whether it's a Pat McGinley um, or or whoever they they had a player in the team that day. I, I remember um, someone described this player. Uh, the player was Andy Millen. He wasn't at Hibs too often. He got booked in that game. Someone once described Andy Millen as having a face like a battered fart. Now I don't know even know what that means, but it just you can just imagine. He, he's not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> a face like a battered fart. Um, yeah, that. Those were good times. I mean, just come off the back of, of the 22 in a row. Um, the year before, sadly, Gordon Hunter had scored at Tyne Castle. And, yeah, I mean, that, that was the season 95, 96. That was Jeffrey's first season, was it not? Yeah. Or am I a year yeah. too soon? Uh, no, it was Jeffrey's um, was in charge. It was. It was. Because the, the season before was horrible because that was the one that um, that uh, Tommy McLean was in charge and... and we nearly went down. So it was the start of a, uh, not that game, but that season, I suppose, was the start of a kind of renaissance period whereby we ended up getting to the cup finals, uh, both of them, um, in 1996. Um, obviously, the Coca-Cola Cup final at Snowy Bound uh, or Snowbound Parkhead and and the Hamden 5-1. And then two years later, under Jim and Billy's tutelage, we, uh, we beat Rangers. So... Again, I'm looking at this game now. I'm on the London Hearts website, and it's it's a Sunday kickoff or a Sunday. The match took place on a Sunday. There's only twelve thousand at the game, and when you see now, we're pretty much sold out most weeks. There's a handful of, of seats um, that seem to be available for random games, but I mean, only twelve thousand at a derby back then, and that's what twenty seven. Years ago, um, yeah. we've 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 come a long way, haven't we? And, and I know it's a different. It's again, there's a new generation that got involved in in the supporting of of Heart of Midlothian, but there was a period of time in the the kind of in the mid '90s whereby a lot of Hearts Hibs games at both Easter Road and Tynecastle were rarely sold out. 
And yeah. that that probably is surprising to a lot of the kind of younger listeners that now go to a game and and pretty much see f- sold out signs for any match, never mind the derby. Yeah, I mean, even more recently than than that, um, not even just in the nineties into the two thousands as well. Because I mean, I'm even thinking like big games popping up into my head. Um, you know, the first five one, which um, we were talking about. Uh, not long ago, I'm pretty sure that was about fifteen thousand. I know it was it was affected by the fact BBC had the rights back then, mm-hmm. so it was obviously live on terrestrial TV. But that was only about a fifteen thousand. I think there was notable emptier seats, so it did happen there. Well, here's one for you: what what do four players from the who played for Hearts that game not necessarily started have in common? Any four or four specific? There's four specific. I've got something that four players who played in that game have in common. They were all sent off at Ibrox. <laughs> no. uh, Gary Locke, Paul Ritchie, Gary Mackay, John Cahoon. Locke, Ritchie, Maha- and Mackay, and Cahoon. What do they all have uh, in common? I, they all came through. No, they it's, didn't. Cause, uh, uh, I don't know. What's okay. the answer? It's not football related. Not really. Not directly. I don't know. What's the answer? They've all been on scarves around the funnel. Oh, <laughs> that that's like that's like something you would say. Come on. Um. Anyway, let's. Wow. Let's, that could be edited out. No, nah, I'm leaving it in. Okay. Blow it. Just leave it. Uh, right. Let's see what else we got. Preston Pan's hearts. Who's uh, the well-known Gogs? Uh, tweeted us saying Rangers against Hearts in August, 1985. Walter Kidd, Sandy Clark, and Ali McCoyster sent off after a mass brawl sparked by Zico lynching <laughs> Doogie Bell. McCoyce tried to uh, tried a sneaky one on Sandy Clark, and Sandy chased him and decked him. Apparently, hmm. so that's um, that's before both of our times in terms of going to games, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that, was, that, was a, that was a couple of months before my first game, which was against St Mirren in October. Do. <laughs> That just proves that Walter Kidd doesn't give a fuck. Because Doogie Bell was, he was hard. He was a hardy boy. McCoyce was a sleek little bugger. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of there's thing. Three, there's three red cards down as the 70th minute. There's Sandy Clark, red card. I'm looking at London Hearts, involved in a fight with Ali McCoyst. Um Walter Kidd sent off, retaliates to foul by Bell. And uh, <laughs> Ali McCoyst sent off, involved in a fight, of course, with Sandy Clark. So, McCoyce is the kind of guy that used to just kind of uh, check and see if the referee was watching and when he wasn't, do a slide kick at someone and then run away and then complain <laughs> about everybody else getting involved. Um, yeah, Some he, would say that's clever striker play. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I mean, but even when Sandy was on, talked about when he was on the podcast and talked about some of the battles that, that he had, proper battles back then. I mean, guys like Walter Kidd, Sandy Clark, Doogie Bell... Even Andy Millen, we were talking about him and a few of the others. Their game wouldn't wouldn't last. Uh, it wouldn't last ninety minutes these days. The way that they played, um, they, they'd be suspended more often than they, they play through. Look, of course they would adapt. I, I get that, but it's just it was a, it's a different game. It's a different game yeah. now. It's it's far more vanilla, I suppose, as far as the laws are concerned. It's. I don't want it to go back to the way it was. I was, I was watching some old World Cup footage and. Some of the treatment dished out to Maradona in 86. Um, even Kanija in 1990, first game against um, Cameroon, where he was he, he, he was thumped and he was stumbling into a challenge and Benjamin Massing came across and just wiped him out. And that is, is all those ones are soft compared to the 70s and the yeah. footage you see from, from back then. So I'm glad the game has been, been cleaned up. And, and I don't like the fact that a wholehearted challenge now very rarely equals play on when the ball is yeah. won. They, they find and it is what it is. It's safer for the players, which means our, our best players will have a prolonged career, which I'm all for. The older you are, the more you remember the way it used to be. And, and a lot of the times it used to be utter shit. The football used to be dreadful. You used to go for the used to go for the rumble, and if football broke out, then that was a bonus.
Forrest Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Uh, talking of rumbles, um, let's go for one from Sonny Rocker, who tweeted us and said, 18th of January 2014 uh, against St. Johnson and McDermott Park. Now, I commented on this one with uh, Mr. Mark Ridgers, and it was very enjoyable. Um, he says, all the threes, three, three, and three red cards. Sweet, rousing comeback. Uh, play a quick clip just now from that. Sends it wide, ball into the box, away from Oliver, back onto Brad Mackay, deflected, Nicholson the first time, the second time he gets it in, with a minute to play, hearts are one down as all sorts are going on in the back of the net, Callum Patterson and Alan Manis, it's Fraser Wright on the ground, the assistants in, more and more players are joining in, Tam Scobie going in there, Callum Patterson head to head, McHattie, well Stevenson and Manis won't let go of each other, there's a coming together of heads right in front of the referee and that could come back to haunt them. Well, as goals go, it was Messi. Sam Nicholson's first for Hearts. 3-2 with a minute to play. What is the referee going to do about the melee that continued? Well, Ryan Stevenson is off. That's a blow to Hearts. He'll miss the next game. Alan Manis being called over. Ryan Stevenson says, deal with him, ref. Well... Trying to move them away, Brian Colvin says, Ryan Stevenson, you're gone. Now Saints have used all their subs. If Alan Manis is off, somebody's going to have to go in. And he has been sent off. And it's Tam Scobie who comes to get the gloves. What an end to this game. Billy King's corner. Floated up, Danny Wilson! It's three apiece in Perth and Danny Wilson scores! What an unbelievable end to an unbelievable contest. So this is uh, this game's gone. Got everything. I mean, this was a Gary Locke's young heart side who are heading towards relegation, but obviously with extenuating circumstances. Um, Stephen Anderson got sent off for St. Johnson in the 21st minute, but despite that, Saints find themselves 3 1 ahead, but just a minute, just over a minute to go, last couple of minutes of the 90. Um, Sam Nicholson scrambles in his first heart's goal to make it 3 2 late on, and this is where um, it all gets a little bit feisty ball into the back of the net there's a scuffle in the net and Ryan Stevenson and St Johnston goalkeeper Alan Manis end up grabbing each other by the scruff and going head to head it's all kicking off um, referee has no option but to send them both off so it's now 9 against 10 um, everything's kicking off we've got lots of added time to go it's 9 against 10 it's 3-2 Saints but they've also used all their substitutes. So Tam Scobie, the St. Johnson defender, <laughs> has to take Alan Manis's shirt and go <laughs> in goals for the last few minutes. So we've 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 had almost every you know we've had red cards. Now we've had fights. We've had head to head. We've got an outfield player in goals. We've had penalties in the game. Um, and what else do we need? We need a last minute equaliser in added time. So from three one down in the last minute or two of the ninety. Captain Danny Wilson, bullets in a header in front of the Hearts fans past Tam Scobie, who doesn't know how to dive, so it just flies past him into the net. And <laughs> all mayhem breaks loose in the in the Hearts end. Um, everything, had everything you could want. Um, and yeah, it's a game in a season that was really shite in terms of the football, uh, but quite memorable in terms of the solidarity between Hearts fans. It was one of the more memorable on-field moments, I think, that mm. one. I'm just thinking the only teenager in the heart starting lineup, if he's coming back as well, possibly next month, Callum Patterson, the 19-year-old, uh, yes. played in, in, in that game. Um they had to they had to have letters. All the subs had to have letters from their um their nursery school to be allowed <laughs> to be allowed to attend. Uh, Gary Oliver, Billy King, Jack Hamilton, Adam King, Jordan McGee, Angus Beath, and Sam Nicholson. The oldest of those was 19 years old. You can't beat that, can you? And, I mean, 3-1 down, you've pretty much given up all hope. I wonder yeah. if that was the first time since Tommy Turner went in goal for St. Johnston when Hearts went to McDermott and faced an outfield player between the sticks. Because I think it was Lindsay Hamilton that got sent off for St. Johnston back in 1990 and, and Tommy Turner... Another who had a face like a battered fart. No, he 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 was uh, he had a face like a bulldog chewing a wasp. He was mentioned as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean three one to to three all, glorious, 
and and um, red and red cards galore. A, yeah. a goal mouth net, a melee where players get caught in the net, and then yeah, it had everything. What a moment! Great stuff. Here, here, here's one for you, and and it's it's been it's been well spoken about. Uh, even Craig Levine of 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 late um, sacked in the morning BBC podcast. Excellent, really, really good. Yeah, and, who's who's uh, there? They've got a, a recognizable recent guest as well. Ryan Ryan McGowan will be on mm. one of the ones coming up as well. Craig Levine was telling the story about Graham Hogg and um mm. and that that uh Tuesday evening at Starks Park. Henry Smith, the 38-year-old, was was in goal. Um towards the end of the first half, we're all up the other end of the the ground, so behind the goal back then. So we're talking at the opposite end from from where the players come out at Starks Park in the corner, where all the Hearts fans were. So we're at the other end. It didn't happen too far away from from the tunnel um, when Levine just lashed out at Hogg. There was a bit of a set two, and and Levine lashed out um, after Hogg had swung a punch as well. Nineteen eighty six, Dens Park, and that day at Starks Park. What do they have in common? What do they have in in common? Mm-hmm. Uh... Same referee. Same oh, it was the same referee. Okay. Bill Crombie. Um, if you'd fucking given a red card to Colin Henry <laughs> at Dens Park, he might have won the league. But he didn't have a choice. But do you do you remember when he showed Graham Hogg the red card from any footage you may have watched? When? Uh I have seen footage, but I've not watched it for quite a while. Hogg was Hogg was on the stretcher. Right. <laughs> he's been stretched <laughs> off, and the, the the ref. I mean, it's you've probably seen it before when when players get cautions when they're on the ground or injured. But the red card was dished out to Graham Hogg when he was on the stretcher, and then obviously there were there was a ten game ban, and uh, it was. I mean, the punch was a proper one. And yeah. they're pals now. They're, they're, they're pals now. Um, and and they were like so. Levine was. I mean, he was Hart's captain at this uh, at the time. Stripped to the captaincy, and I mean it was a horrible affair. The I believe this is true. The only reason they got done as 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 much as they did was because Wraith Rovers filmed that for their in-house something. If that hadn't been filmed, it's probably just a I don't know three-game ban or two-game ban each or or whatever. Yeah. That would have been a referee's report. But once they they wanted to really make a an example um, of them. An example of them. Um, and there's, there's been some weird and wacky things happening in Scottish football over the years when Duncan Ferguson, remember he had Buddy Jock McStay, uh, Paul Gascoigne. Um, did he get booked for booking Doogie Hope? I think it was Doogie Hope, <laughs> yeah. the referee. Picked Lost his yellow card. And, yeah. yeah, picked it up, booked him. And, but that one, because there was video footage of it, I'm sure that the severity of the punishment was greater than it would have been had um, had that match not have been filmed for. Uh, I mean, it was just amateur footage, but the, it was there, and we've we've now seen it and have done since then. And sadly for both of them, um, yeah, their hearts' careers never really recovered from that. Okay, next I've got um, a good one in terms of a proper melee a proper scrap not just red cards but what happened afterwards so this is look i've got some messages i've got jimmy m said michael stewart getting sent off against hamilton then losing a fight with an advertising hoarding (laughs) Uh, andy morris says the battle of hamilton with shabba laszlo's manager in about 2009 six sent off including our masseur after the (laughs) 2-1 defeat and lewis says uh not a brawl, but the clip of Michael Stewart getting sent off at Hamilton, then going down the tunnel trying to kick something and landing on his arse. Um, so this is this is good. One. So I've I've pulled the, a bit from the Guardian, which says uh, today's match between Hamilton and Hearts in the Scottish Premier League was marred by a brawl in the tunnel, which resulted in three players and a masseur being sent off after the final whistle. Official confirmation of the four dismissals was still to be provided an hour after full time of what was already one of the most controversial games of the season. 
Hamilton won 2 1 at New Douglas Park after Hearts captain Michael Stewart and defender Ismail Bouzid saw red during the game itself. The bad blood spilled over into the tunnel with Akis confirming the substitute. Uh, Leon King had been sent off for violent conduct. Hearts believe that midfielder Ian Black, winger Suso Santana, and uh, Monsieur Alan Robson, who I've seen, he's on Twitter actually. I think he might actually she messaged about things before were also all dismissed with Egger Johnson caution for dissent <laughs> the incident was serious enough to warrant police involvement and it's right. actually the, the still of this is what I put on the, the tweet to try and get people to message in which is um, you can see Shabal Aslo uh, uh, Gonsalves is in there and you can see the police in the tunnel as well so it all kicked off and I think you would have been on commentary duty for Hearts still at that point yeah, and we had the easy job because our our work is done, as you well know. Once the final whistle yes, goes, we wrap yes, it up yes. and when we're done. That was a tough one for the journals because they had to write the story about what happened. We knew that something had happened, but we didn't we didn't know what, but we didn't need to know what because we we were wrapped up right at the end of the game. So we we knew what we knew, like everyone else, but then more details came out after the game. What happened? Masus, eh? And then, um, so it was more for the journals, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't until you saw some footage of, of things that went on. Um, it was a proper, a proper, uh, what was the word you used earlier when you were looking for a um, a rumpus? A proper, <laughs> proper tunnel rumpus back then. Yes, indeed. But it was a masseur because it was Alan, not a masseuse. Is that not the difference? What did I say? A masseur? You said a masseuse, but I think it's a masseur, isn't it? If it's <laughs> a male, isn't it? <laughs> Hold on. Is what that why there's different words? I've completely. It's not. It's not oh, a masseuse is a woman. Oh, yeah, of course. A masseuse is a woman. Yeah, a masseur. Because it was, it was Alan. Would you know? If just want to get right if he's if he happens to to hear it that. <laughs> of course. Well, whether he looks back at that fondly or not, I don't know. But he was sticking up for his teammates, I'm sure. So he's part of the team. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, that was a good example. Uh, we've got one from Ball Caps and Bagpipes. It says Dean Shields equalising from the penalty spot in Boxing Day 2006 before decking Craig Gordon and seeing red. Um, I remember thinking he'd punched him at first. Um, we'll have a wee clip of that just now. So this is a big moment in this match because this is a very fondly remembered Hearts win uh, against Hibs. But at the time of uh, Hibs putting away this penalty, the, the tide had changed a little bit. Hearts had been 2-0 up. Uh, Chris Killen got to go back and then Hibs got a penalty and Dean Shields scores it. And at that point, mm -hmm. it felt like Hibs were starting to get a grip of the game. But um, now he is running at first to go and get the ball from the net, but he clearly sees that Craig Gordon is standing in the way and um, it's just very silly. He, You know, Craig Gordon is maybe clever. He knows what's going to happen. He doesn't move, but Dean Shields just charges in him um, and quite rightly gets sent off. And that then yeah. sets up a winner for Hearts nine minutes later. So uh, Mikkel Yunus scored an absolute belter to give Hearts a boxing day win. And I think... This was the game where John Collins famously called Hearts a pub team, maybe? Ah, was it? I remember the game, and I remember mm -hmm. Craig Gordon getting stick from the Hibs fans for yep. um, a kind of swan dive. Uh, and there was contact. <laughs> Dean Shields is an idiot. He yeah, I think, look, don't get me wrong, I think Craig Gordon's smart, but Dean Shields is an He's idiot. If, if, if he, exactly, it's a red card. <laughs> I mean, if that was me, I'm milking it. 
there's contact to make the most of it. You want to you want to bring to the referee's attention what, what's just happened, regardless of the severity of the contact. If there's contact, and yeah, he's not pretend, he's not like it's not one of these where he's like pretends he gets hit in the face and it didn't. Right. No, he gets charged. Shields, he gets charged. Shields was like five nine, five eight, five nine. Craig Gordon six four six five. Craig Gordon could knock Dean Shields out with a miss. Right, it's, it's a catch weight contest. When it happens the other way, for a guy, Craig Gordon, who's <laughs> he's an innocent bystander here until Dean Shields just comes along and tries to wipe him out. Of course you're going to do what Craig did. Of course you're going to do. Funnily enough, um, I messaged the goalie, said, hey, you got any, any paggers or anything like that? Because we're going to do a piece this week on times it's kicked off. Um, so I've got, I've got a couple from Craig. Once we wrap up this Hearts, Hebs, Dean Shields one, um, and I've also got one featuring the goalie and well, just I would crack on with it. We've 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 had the clip. We've we've spoken. We crack on with the Craig Gordon. What 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 did he say? Well, there was a couple. Um, yep. And, uh, Neil McCann and Edgaris Jankowskis. He said Terry would have fought anyone, but he was never going to win that. So I did a bit of digging on this. Oh, I don't Neil, remember that off the top of my head. Yeah. So Neil McCann actually did a diary piece in The Scotsman where he spoke about it. So here's what he said. Jankowskis is an imposing figure at six foot four and not one to be messed with unless you're me, an angry little Scotsman. <laughs> I, hit him one day, <laughs> I hit him one day at training. I had sustained a medial knee ligament injury on my second debut for Hearts against Kilmarnock in 2006 and had just come back to training. I always trained quite aggressively and I caught Edgaris. He wanted a foul, but there was no foul given, so I went away with the ball. Clearly annoyed, he came in and he clocked me from behind as I was taking a shot. So I snapped. I got up and I let him have one. Everyone ran in and broke it up. Unfortunately, it wasn't over. His lip was bleeding and he was saying, I'm not gonna I was gonna do some sort of Ivan Drago kind of I, I just I wanted to do it in Yankee, oh, but I'll not. So he was saying, we will sort this out. It's not finished in true Rocky style. Any time I replied after training, he said, well, after let's training. go. Yeah. I'll meet you, I'll meet you after school outside by the bike shed. By the bike shed. Or wait, Any time I replied after training, he said, well, let's go then. By this time, I was having second thoughts. <laughs> so we were walking off the field and it got us gestured towards the woods. We'll have it out there. <laughs> As we were walking to this designated oh. place, I was thinking to myself, I don't have a lot of time to worry the big man. So I said, well, you better make it a good one because every time we see each other again, we'll be doing this again. I knew straight away he thought, this guy's crazy. He stopped in his tracks. I said, Yanker, I'm just back from injury and you caught me from behind. How do you think I'm going to react? I've been out for months. He said, I'm sorry, but I still want to break your nose. I replied, well, go for it then. He smiled. You're crazy, my friend. I agreed. Yes, I am. A wee bit, I suppose. And I'm sorry for punching you. I shouldn't have reacted like that. Thankfully, Big Ed Garris opted for compassion. We shook hands and went back to the dressing room where the boys already had a ring set up and were doing the whole Rocky music thing. We had a laugh. And since then, we've got on really, really well. I could just imagine um, Neil McCann doing the... If if I could change, and you could change, we, you know we can all, yeah, all change. I didn't really mean it. So, I thought, so, so while I was doing my research for, for, for this, and that was great when I saw the diary piece from McCann about Jankowskis, I got another message from Craig, and he's, he's like, I've got another one for you. Me and the gaffer at go-karting. I'm like, what? What? When? Around, this is, so, this is now Craig Gordon talking about him and Robbie Nielsen having a pagger at the go-karting. So it was around 2001, maybe. I had just turned pro. He crashed into me at the end of the straight, and it hurt me. I thought I better stand up for myself. So I waited for him to take his helmet off, and I had a right go at him. It got broken up straight away. I think we managed to throw one punch each, but nothing landed. <laughs> we were laughing about it five minutes later. I had a chip on my shoulder about making sure I wasn't weak because I was new to the team, to the first team squad. I had a few scraps in the first few years. Back then, that's how it was done. Get in the boot room, put the lights off, swing some punches. You would be straight to HR if anything like that happened now. That's oh, 21 God, years yeah. ago. Yeah, so, but thinking of all the things that we've spoken about at Garrison and Neil, you, you find me one professional footballer 
who has never witnessed two of his teammates or himself or herself get involved on the training ground. It happens all the time. I, and can, always... I can remember it from, from playing youth football. Because yes, I was of course. I was a defender and I liked it. And I think um I think Presley, a few people said this about Stephen Presley. Presley tackled and trained like he was tackling in a game. It wasn't hold back. If he was going in for a tackle, he was tackling you. Um and I can remember someone who I'd actually I was friend I had to be friends with as well, but I'll go through someone in training because well, it's still still a tackle and basically saying what what the fuck are you doing with that? So I think it probably happens in all level of football to be honest and yeah of course i think the thing with guys is sometimes you know they can can just have a a wee set too and shake it off and by later on they'll be having a pint together exactly exactly and like the, the, when researching all of this and and on field packers and we've all seen games that hearts have been involved in there's been fisticuffs or fights or or things like that the the one I remember, remember Michael, I don't know if you were at the game as a fan, we were commentating on this one, Michael Stewart got sent off at Tannadice, he picked up a second yellow for and then he, having a go with a Hearts fan yeah, in the main yeah, stand. Yeah, yeah, I think we got we got pumped and we got a few red cards that game, did we not? Two, two or three reds in the end. Yeah, we, we they, they beat us 4-1, Barry Robson got a hat-trick. They always seem um, to beat us with scoring four goals at a period, there was a, quite a few really bad games. Yeah, Stephen Frey was the interim manager, Hearts finished with eight men, Lucas Wallace... And then yeah. Michael Stewart, who was who was on a caution, um, decided to uh, have a go and gesture back to a Hearts fan in the main stand, who was just down below us. And a few Hearts fans had gone. We, we could hear, because literally our commentary position at Tannadice was right up above them. It's on this overhanging gantry. And um, yeah, I mean, a Hearts, Hearts fan, one, one in particular, was having a right go. And Michael just lost it and gestured to the heart. He was so angry, wasn't he? he Oh, he was. So angry. Um, There's a line in the Scotsman match report about the match referee, uh, who was Alan Freeland. While referee Alan Freeland was his usual attention attracting self, hearts only had themselves to blame. Alan Freeland was also the assistant referee. He was also the linesman at Celtic Park that didn't give the foul to hearts in a build-up to one of Rangers' goals that led to them winning the Coca-Cola Cup Final 4-3. Never liked Alan Freeland. He was the kind no. of... He was the Willie Collum of the 90s. Uh, Michael Stewart got five red cards for Hearts. Did he really? In uh, 120-odd games, apparently. It's like a red card Paradise, every... Hamilton... <laughs> I suppose it's the start... I was going to say Dundee, Hamilton. That's the start of a, a bad song. Uh, so not, yeah, let's not go there. there. Um, red cards. So let's see who we got. He got sent off against uh, Gretna. Apparently, I don't even remember that. Uh, Dundee United. That's one you mentioned. Um, St Mirren. Apparently away. Uh, Dundee United again. Apparently, and Hamilton. Five red cards. Um, we got another one here from uh, Ewan Pringle. He sent us a couple. First one said this classic against Aberdeen in 2008 um, with Ian Brines involved oh, in some respect. Common denominators because like uh, I think his next one involves Brian possibly as well. But uh, uh, anyway, says Zal and Wallace sent off with fights in the tunnel post match, and he sent a clip of a report. I don't know where the report's from, but he did send up kind of cutting from it. Uh, the controversy surrounding the aftermath of last Saturday's SPL fixture between Aberdeen and Hearts at Pataudry rumbled on yesterday with claims that two players were punched and a dressing room door damaged. The fiery nature of the game in which Marisal Yukas, the Tynecastle centre-back, was ordered off and his teammate Lee Wallace red-carded as well during the game also brought nine bookings from referee Ian Brines. But now, according to Aberdeen, it has emerged that the home sides Lee Mayer and Chris Maguire the latter was booked after a clash with Robbie Nielsen as they left the pitch at the end, had punches thrown at them in the confined space of the tunnel leading to the changing rooms. Um, the next one, that we'll, we'll end it with this one. This last one's also from Ewan Pringle, which is a bit more fun because I remember this one. He says, the Jordan McGee 2-1 win against Aberdeen. McHattie was sent off in the game. Billy Brown and Derek McInnes were at each, other's, um, at each other on pitch side and they were both sent off, I think, and he says, then Danny Wilson ended up getting uh, sent off after the game for his antics in the tunnel at full time. And if I remember rightly, apparently, Danny Wilson was basically banging on the Aberdeen players' dressing room, calling them sheep-shagging bastards <laughs> after the match. <laughs> they weren't happy with some of their um, antics pre-game, I think, or something. I can't remember the finer details. And Danny Wilson just uh, 
gave him lots of stick and ended up getting a red card for it uh, after the game. Which uh, couple of yeah, yeah. Hearts had four sent off at Ibrox. Chris Robinson tried to take the team off the pitch, not knowing the raw uh, the laws of the game that you have to yeah. have another one six needed. and not not seven. So we then had four suspended. Um, Gary Naismith came in midweek for maybe his debut, certainly one of his first games. Got man of the match, Coca Cola bike. Yeah, um, and Andy Thorne played in, in that game. We got him as a, an emergency signing. There was one I was looking for, and it was late '80s. Um, Hearts rarely got anything through in the in the West from from any referee when we played Rangers or Celtic. But this was Davy Sign, and I think it was a Scottish Cup tie. Um, it was either that, but we had we had one or two sent off in that game. Um, also. Michael Stewart's five red cards. He might have received five for Hearts, but I've just found an article that um, says his he appealed against his red card at Hamilton, that game with the six reds, and was successful. So it was reduced to a caution because he would have been given a three-match ban. Um, so Hearts appealed, and Stewart appealed the verdict quickly because they were playing against Dundee United. And it was reduced following an SFA review panel examining the footage of that 2-1 defeat at, um, at New Douglas Park. So they determined it warranted only a yellow card for adopting a threatening and or aggressive attitude. There you go. Well, there you go. Some some good rumpi, um, good scuffles rumpuses. and melees, rumpuses. Uh, yeah, it was very fun. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Um, that almost brings us to a close for this week. However, before we go, I wanted to just promote an event next week, which you may have seen on social media. But if not, we are doing another Monday Night Live session from Tyne Castle. Uh, in aid of charity, it's all for big hearts. Now, we did this last year. Uh, we had the likes of Jamie McDonald, um, Gary Locke, Robbie Nielsen all came on for a chat. And it was good fun. Uh, this year, we're doing it again. So it's myself and Liam Corbett who hosts uh, This Is My Story, one of the other hearts podcasts. And we are also welcoming a certain Ryan McGowan who just can't stay away from any event just now, can he? He loves getting involved. But we appreciate him is, he, is he the um, he's not a Scott star attraction? Well, no, I was going to say, is, is he the, the 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 north of the border version of Micah Richards? Every the only <laughs> bloody place he's no longer on is our podcast, and we started it all. Yeah, well, we'll get you know he's he's, he's a busy man, got lots of commitments. We'll get him back on, but but Ryan McGowan will be there. Uh, Gary Wales as well, who not only a a very good heart striker in his day, but also excellent on. Hearts TV, so he'll be joining us as well. And we're hoping for some yep. more guests to be added into the mix. Also, he looks like you could still play guy. Looks in great. I shape. said, I said TV. the exact same thing again earlier. Yeah, it's absolutely mental that Gary Wales is um, how old these days? Forty three. Oh, he's looking great. He looks very good for his age, and I'll probably tell him that again on Monday. Probably getting a bit creepy, but he'll be joining <laughs> us. So, Myself, Liam, uh, Gary Wales, Ryan McGowan, we'll have some more guests as well. We're going to keep it quite light, a bit of banter. We'll invo involve the crowd. We're going to hopefully get some questions, a bit of chat. So we'll talk about hearts. We'll talk about Gary and Ryan's time at the club. We'll get questions from the audience. It should be good fun. It's only a tenner. Um, all goes to charity, but you also get a drink and a pie and a raffle ticket for your tenner. It's at Tynecastle on Monday. It starts at half past six. If you can make it, you can spare a tenner. Goes to a good cause. Should be good fun. Fairly laid back. A bit like a live podcast. Um, if Mark Donaldson wasn't across the other side of the world, he would, of course, be there as well. But yeah, get yourself along. If you need the ticket info, get onto the Big Hearts website. They've got all the details there. Um, and you can also get them on their Twitter account, which is just at Big Hearts. So hopefully we'll see a few of you there. We will be back next week with our podcast. Um, uh, this week was driven largely by the uh, surprising events of Sunday. Are we going to are we going to get something this weekend, Mark? That will spark a topic for next week, or do we need to do we need to put something out there? 
I thought in the dying embers of this podcast, we're about to have something. When I read on Twitter, Hearts have announced their first January signing, and I suddenly perked up and sat upright on my chair rather than slouching as I normally do, with a sensational move for Scotland midfielder Billy Gilmore to join from Brighton and Hove Albion on a one-year deal, and it's from Sky Sports Scotland, and then you look and it says, uh, at Hearts a- goals, and you're just a- like, oh, uh, You get dumped I mean, by one of the fake ones, yeah. That's it. Read it first before you press the retweet button, boys and girls. There's one reply right now, and it's simply a meme that says, "Why would you do that?" Which is which is fair. Um, we, sh- we should say congratulations to the Hearts women's team as well for a big win. At the well, they were weekend. good. They, they were, were really good. Five nil against Hamilton Aki. So a nice mm-hmm. positive result for them as they look to try and get a top four place in the uh, top flight there so well done to them we will be back next week if you do have anything you would like to uh, feedback to us or for us to chat about next time do feel free to get in touch you can tweet us at around the funnel or you can email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk but until next time thanks for listening rising up back on the street did my time